Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from a 25-year architect for product facilities on construction inventions and the changing product distribution landscape for small product businesses. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, the show that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product developers, manufacturers, and hardware industry professionals. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a product successful, from initial idea to getting your product on store shelves. We're taking you step-by-step to build a functional product and scale your product business. Hosted by Kevin Mako, one of North America's leading experts on hardware development for small product businesses. Now, onto the show. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Todd Driller to the show. Todd is a science and technology business leader at HED, which is one of the world's leading architecture firms for manufacturing, warehousing, and distribution center buildings. Todd has been in the architecture business for 25 years, has his master's in architecture, is an AIA director, and is on the Construction Code Commission Board of Directors in Michigan. Today, Todd is going to share some valuable knowledge on how inventors, startups, and small manufacturers are changing the way they move products to their end customers, and what inventors with construction-related inventions can do to succeed in getting their innovations to market. Now, on to the episode. Hey, Todd. Welcome to the show. Hey, very good to be here. Well, we're excited to have you on today. You work for one of the leading architecture firms in the world, a massive national brand that builds a lot of the manufacturing houses that a lot of hardware startups end up producing in, whether they're going to fully produce their product onshore or whether they're going to do assembly onshore or maybe even their own just warehousing here locally in either the US or Canada. You are the guys who actually design and engineer and then help actually fabricate and build this. So you get to see a lot of what's happening not just within innovations and construction, but also what's happening in the industry in general. And I want to talk about both of those things with you today. But first and foremost, give us a bit of a background. How did you get to where you are today? Give us a bit of a background on the 25 years you've been in architecture. Sure, sure. Well, uh, surprisingly, I've wanted to be a, uh, like an architect since I was 10. I was always like interested in how things went, you know, were built and put together. You know, you started to draw floor plans at 10. It's kind of strange, you know, you people started to, to look at you like, what's going on? So <laughs> I decided to pursue a career and to be like an architect. And I really didn't know what was kind of the big part of it until I got into the like industry 25 uh, years ago. I kind of moved more towards the management side, but really focusing on the manufacturing. And really my strong suit has been designing the buildings that people build products and it could be like anything. So really designing the infrastructure in the buildings that support the creation for multiple companies. So like our firm is HED, we're headquarters in Detroit, which is a huge manufacturing hub, but we have like offices around the country and we're just glad to be here and glad to talk to you. Oh, it's great stuff. You get to see a lot of what's going on because you're on some of these big picture projects that are looking 10, 20, 30 years into the future. So what are you seeing today in the industry, especially when it comes to kind of warehousing, product manufacturing, product distribution for mass manufactured physical consumer products? Sure. Really the big trend that we've seen lately is in the manufacturing warehousing. And it's not so much where the products are made, it's where the products are stored. And one of the things that I think we've kind of hit during the pre-pandemic and during this time is the realization that you could sit at home 
And and within a day, the product's like at your doorstep. I mean, it just kind of blows you away. Something that used to take maybe weeks or days or, or even months is happening so quickly. Um, so we've been seeing a large like uptick on last mile shipment. And these aren't just your normal like warehouses with like racks. They have like automatic storage retrieval. You know, it's amazing. They're becoming highly technical like buildings, not sure, you know, like a warehouse, it's dark, nobody wants to work there. They're starting to put some architecture to the projects themselves. But more importantly is what goes on inside the building. That's the big piece of it. That's interesting. The buildings are obviously getting smarter, but they're also getting more humane, more enjoyable, more of a combination between a office with a cultural identity and a hardcore warehouse. Somewhere in the middle is like this new kind of super warehouse, I guess. Yeah. And I'm sure anybody could drive around and see near near any like airport hub. You'll like start to see these these giant like blood buildings just pop up. And, and it's funny because the way that the buildings are built are actually kind of like interesting itself. They have a lot of these mass produced projects are mass or mostly built like off site and then shipped to the site. Wall panels, trusses, they're all built like offsite and then placed in, in there um, so much that when we design these buildings kind of like in a 3D like environment, those 3D models are actually used to fabricate the inside parts. We're, so we're becoming a little more leaner, a little more cleaner really with the design. But back to your point about making the buildings more like energy efficient, we're putting in things like skylights because, hey, you know what? The people that want to work there actually do enjoy seeing like, the daylight. So really the warehousing piece of it has really change. I mean, it's like, I've seen a big change in the last 15 years. It's been completely different. Like if you if you were to walk into like a building 15 years ago to now, it's drastically more advanced. It's cleaner. It's, it's a better like space. Absolutely. And it's amazing how that is really applying to even a hardware startup today, because you have to think about this moving forward, the model for getting your product to your customers changing. Of course, now, first and foremost, everybody thinks, yes, Amazon Prime, that is the <laughs> go-to thought, but it's beyond yeah. just Amazon, right? It's it's That's who obviously pioneered this concept of either Correct. same day or, or very, very quick shipping. Yeah. Uh, it started as two day or first free shipping, then two day, now same day. And now they're even experimenting with like two hour, four hour shipping in certain regions. Uh, yeah, it's getting really fast. But it's applicable to multiple different ways of executing beyond Amazon. There's a lot of people now that are selling direct to consumer. And as we're seeing more and more of those people are realizing that, okay, if you're going to sell direct to consumer and you're not actually fulfilling through the Amazon platform, you have to think of these logistics yourself. Now, it may not necessarily mean as a hardware startup that you're going to be building buildings across the country from coast to coast, yeah. but you might be working with a partner who does do that. There's and brokers. And you leverage yes. their skills to yeah. then apply to your model so that Together, you can replicate that quick shipping, that warehousing, that return, all the things, all the benefits that you're looking for in your hardware startup product, but on a national scale and basically at the consumer's doorstep in at least some of the major urban centers. You're correct. And we've actually been contacted by quite a few real estate, I don't call them like brokers or developers who there are now startups of startups that actually are wanting to to build these warehouses for, for the exact thing, to have multiple levels of what a product inside of that warehouse and to be able to get that to the consumer within a time frame or to even to store shelves as well. I mean, we have, you know, we have to think about that too, that you know, stock on store shelves is still a big deal. But to get it direct to the consumer, that's a whole nother 
logistical challenge, right? You know, and how do you do that like effectively? And where do you put the buildings? There's a lot of, of thought that gets brought into, you know, like where the building's at, where the site is, how far is, you know, the demographics or, or the user groups. And then there's tiers too. So you have larger ones and then you have these smaller, I want to say they're more of a regional or maybe sub-sized ones that may only stock maybe a third of the product compared to the large ones that may be out by the airports and uh, some of the major hubs. That's interesting because the reality is as a startup, if you're selling directly through your website or if you've got any involvement at all of your, whether it's, and it could be on both sides, the supply side or the actual sales and distribution side, but either way, customers more and more are going to demand that real-time touch. They're going to demand the Amazon feel. Yeah. I'm sure we all know it. You go to buy something, maybe you click an ad on Instagram or whatever else, and it takes you to a website. All of a sudden, the website, it's got some you know six to eight-week shipping window and whatever else. Well, what's the first thing you do? You pop over to Amazon and you see if you can get it in two days off of yep. Prime, right? So, uh, and, and of course, now if you're selling on Amazon, you're going to have to pay for those premiums. And that's only one sales strategy of many that an emerging startup can have. Mm -hmm. So it's important to actually look at these options, especially as you're scaling the business or as you're planning your scale of the business to try and figure out if you're selling multiple different ways. And by the way, this doesn't have to be direct to consumer. This could also be B2B, right? Making right. sure that you have batches of product to sell to maybe some of your bigger uh, buyers or bigger wholesalers or bigger distributors. Uh, it doesn't just have to be direct to the end consumer. Like, the Amazon style. So it's important to look at these things early and recognize, okay, how does your business fit into the distribution model? Because usually, as, especially as a hardware startup, the yeah. last thing on your mind is how you're going to actually move product around. But you will find out very quickly when the demand starts to come, that's when you will have wished you had started a little bit early, planned a little bit more ahead on how you're actually going to plan to get product into those buyers' hands. Correct. And how and how do you go from something small to coast to coast? That's I think the biggest piece of it, you know, because there's a lot of times uh, known in my past that products were like available in a certain like area, but they weren't available, let's say, in like the Midwest. And what I've seen is there's kind of like a um, sense the emergence like of these larger you know, warehousing. It seems like products are, are more available across the board, but it's been kind of this uh, feeling that we want it now and I want it fast. And how else do you do to do that without storing them in a big warehouse and having it ready for you? I mean, then there's the whole thing about how the website works with how you click and we like what pops up first. It's things that are like available. <laughs> right. That's a funny part about that. So let's flip the script a bit because something else that you're seeing, obviously being in architecture for a long time is yeah. a lot of construction innovations, especially inventions, tools, gadgets, oh, mass yeah. manufactured products. It's changing almost as quick as the warehouse uh, networks are changing that we just talked about, but the actual innovations yeah. as you're designing and building and creating these facilities, because as you said in the beginning of the, the discussion, they're becoming this more kind of hybrid environment. They're they're unique. And of course, what makes them unique is all the little bits that go into it. And I know we have a lot of listeners that have come up with products that are building materials, building tools, interesting things that are related to trade or to tracking people. There's a whole massive infrastructure of mass manufactured consumer products that are being innovated at a, at a crazy rate. So I wanted to ask you, Todd, what are you seeing in terms of the innovation in that space? How can people who have construction innovations, construction inventions, how can they get their product to market and do a great job of getting into that market? And how do you as an architect find out who those players are or how do those players find you or how does that work? 
When I started out in my career, we used to have these um, large books and they were made by this company called Suites. And there were these big green, large books and inside Suites would be all the products for a building. It could be handly washing dispensers to sinks, to, you know, the countertops, to like anything you could think about that goes into a building. Uh, the problem was, and later on is the minute that the books would get shipped to the office, they were like obsolete. <laughs> you know, so all these products in there, you look and they were like, you know, like older models. So, and the problem was they were all made by major companies who had to pay to have their products in a sweets book. Fast forward and now, you know, the number one, probably the biggest way to get product out right now is website searches. But the other part about that is the construction like industry as a whole has been screaming towards less labor, more product. So in the sense of being able to build a product off-site and have it shipped to the construction site. So like anything that you can possibly think of it being prefabricated in like a factory, walls, door-like assemblies, um, all the way down to like ductwork, the piping, all of that can be prefabbed like off-site and shipped to the construction site. Uh, one, because the labor costs have gone up so much. And, you know, to be honest, from a construction site, it's safer to build in a warehouse than it is to build like on a construction site. You have weather problems, you have wind, it could be a multiple things, heat that could be affected the construction team. So the things that we've seen is a lot more prefabrication and shipping like on sites. Wall panels are a great example. In the past, concrete wall panels were built on site, building like on forms, and then they would tilt the product up like onto the building. But you can ju just imagine that, you know, if the weather is too cold or too hot, the concrete is not as good. So Currently, the way to go is to build the panels like in a controlled like, environment, like a plant, build the panels. You, you can mass produce them, build them hours and hours, stack them, store them, have them ship like on site, like on time, literally like as a truck is pulled up, you know, it's lifted in place and the next truck comes up, it's, it's lifted in place. So not only like, is it quicker, it's safer. It's, you know, so you can apply this to like multiple things. So a lot of like our buildings are built in layers. You know, you have your wall panels, you have your studs, you have your like insulation, you have your wall board, you know, it's all a part of a part of a piece. And when you start to put those together, sometimes things don't fit properly. So if you could prefabricate things like that and just have them ship like on site, it really makes for a better product like in the end. Doing things like 3D BIM uh, and then putting those into the fabrication software to build you know, these parts, it just makes it all the better. This is where industrial design or product development and manufacturing is starting to merge with architecture and construction. Because more and more construction is becoming a manufactured process. And I love how you mentioned it, that more and more things are being made off-site in controlled facilities. That is the essence of manufacturing. They're essentially ordering these parts, and those parts, more so than ever before, are plugging and playing into the facility. And it could be big things like walls. It could be very tiny things like switches or whatever <laughs> else, right? No matter what yeah. way you look at it. The concept is the more plug and play, the easier it is to fabricate, the less labor intense it is, the more successful your product is going to be. So what I would say for everybody who's listening that has innovation or an invention in the construction space is to think about that market trend that's happening. If you can convince somebody like Todd, the architect, that your product is going to save time and therefore money and be a better quality and more reliable and easier to put together... Those are huge winning factors to promote your new innovation, to get your new innovation in front of and being used by more and more people. And I imagine, Todd, this must happen to you guys at the organization all the time. People are kind of pitching their latest and greatest inventions in the construction space 
And then you have a process that you go through to vet them. And uh, you know, as they become more and more useful, you use them more often. What have you seen some of the more successful pitches do? How do they get to folks like you or who are the people that you know they need to approach? Or what, what's just some actionable ways that somebody with a great innovation, a new product or whatever else that we've been talking about here can actually start spreading that into the market? Being a like architect and having a lot of risk and projects, any way we could make things simpler, right? Like I mentioned how a wall is put together. Well, let's talk about roofing. The number one cause of problems that we tend to have in the construction like industry is roofing. Roofing and like roof leaks. And and if you go back to the problems, the root causes for roof leaks, it always happens at it's not the where the product's flat or where it's on a you know slope or a roof. It's always where two things meet. And typically those two things meet were never figured out except like in the field. You know, it's something that is always done. You know, in our terms, we flash it up, turn the, the corners and we show a really nice like detail like in our plans. While we go out to the field, that detail does not look exactly like you drew it. And you like understand whoever was doing the a roofing like installation could have been in a hundred degree heat. You know, he's doing the best he, job he, he possibly could do, he or she. Fast forward to a factory. If you could pre-build any one of those parts in like a factory, have it, tested, completed, quality controlled, and then shipped like on site, my job is a lot easier because there's less risk. I'm not going to get the call back from my client that the roof leaked, that there's a problem because I know that something was done. So when a product comes into our like office or into our, like a breath of work, when something's pitched like that, we know your problems and we have a solution. Here's a solution. It could be like anything. It could be mechanical equipment. It could be door hardware, like anything that's another great example is, you know, you mentioned hardware, but let me kind of move that towards door hardware itself. Door hardware for an architect is a nightmare. <laughs> All the parts. So the problem is you may have three different products going into one door system. You know, if you think about things like card readers or like access control, you may have a lock and then the hinges are made by this other person and, and then a door is made by something else. They all have to fit together. If one piece is off, it, it doesn't work. So coming up with a solution that is kind of a one door hardware piece, all, all of it in one piece would be ideal. <laughs> and I guess in conjunction with that, if you are designing something to integrate with other products, make it work as seamlessly as possible with those products. Correct. Right. That, and, yeah. And, and try and make it piece. work with yeah. as many products as you can, or to make it again, ease of installation, ease for the architect to actually put into the design no on-site customization required, which I guess is a major pain point because that's yeah. a variable you can't control and will change from you know worker to worker to hour to hour to site to site, everything. Yeah. So that, that's some really good actionable advice. Do you have any other advice just before I let you go here as we run out on time on emerging hardware startups, uh, especially people with construction innovations or ideas, things that you'd like to share that can help them be more successful in their business? Yeah, you know, it's just really um, trying to find a need. Where's the problem? I've always been a big fan of if you can find a problem, create a solution to fix it. Um, and I think for anybody in the construction like the industry is just go out to any construction site and see some of the waste and some of the hardships that actually go on. Of course, being in the industry, we hear some good things, but we also hear some things that have, you know, not gone so well. So we try to like innovate as much as we can and we get better with time. And I think the products will too. So really the key point of that is find a problem and find a solution. I love that you mentioned that on the job site, there's still a lot of waste, meaning there's a lot of opportunity. 
And I think that's what yeah. we're talking about today with all the innovations that are happening, with the way that the world is changing, with how warehousing is happening top down, that's creating new ways to design and engineer products that you deal with, which is the manufacturing buildings or the distribution yeah. buildings. But that means that there's going to be lots of innovations. There's lots of cracks. There's lots of things that are missing. There's lots of opportunities that are there for the inventors and the construction innovation ideators out there to come up with, to solve those pain points, to reduce that waste, to increase the ease of access and installation, to increase the quality, identify those problems, talk to folks that are running into those issues find something that fixes that. And when you do, that can create a great new product that could last a long time. Absolutely. I'm uh, 100% on board. Todd, really great talking to you. Thanks yeah. for all your words of wisdom. And if somebody wants to learn more about what you guys are doing, and if they're interested in either building their own facility or looking at an approach for a national player to be coast to coast, how do they reach out to uh, you and your organization? Sure. The first way to go is to check our like, website, which is uh, www.hed.design. Go ahead and look. Uh, we, we have a great like, website. It's up to date. It has a lot of our leaders from, from each one of our like offices. And then if you want to reach to uh, to me or to anybody else in my like organization, we do check our emails and we do check our voicemails. That's a good thing. Even when we're on vacation, unfortunately. <laughs> well, much appreciated. Yeah. And as always, I'll put all those links in the show notes below okay. so you can click through there. And uh, Todd, thanks again for being on the show and sharing your words of wisdom. Take care then. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast, the show that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market and turn it into a big success. This podcast series is brought to you by Maco Design and Invent, the original and leading firm in North America to provide global caliber end-to-end physical consumer product development to startups, inventors, and small product business clients. If you're looking for product development help on your invention, head over to to macodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O design.com for a free consultation from one of Maco Design's four design studios from coast to coast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.